All right. Welcome to Too Much Information, man. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, thanks. How you doing? I'm good, thank you, man. Thanks for asking. Hardly anyone ever does, so I do appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, as I said, welcome to Too Much Information. Um, just here really to kind of get to know you. Um, the reason I wanted to speak to you particularly because, you know, we met at that Killer Priest concert a few years back. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, it was a great concert. Um, brief meeting. Um, we exchanged contact details. Um, but I was always very surprised when I heard that, you know, someone, you're probably a bit younger than me, but in my general age, I've never met somebody that does circus performing and acrobatics and all this sort of stuff that, you know, um, you mentioned. Then I had a look on your Facebook and I was like, what the hell is this? This guy is doing some crazy <laughs> stuff. So, um, obviously, fast forward a few years now, I'm on the podcast and it's like, I definitely wanted to speak to this guy. So, um, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no, um, all right. Thanks for, thanks for following all the, the stuff. No, I definitely do. Definitely do. Um, I'm the worst at socials though, so don't don't judge me if I don't if I haven't liked a million things. I watch stuff and forget to like stuff. So, but yeah, moving forward, that's definitely something I'm working on. So, um, once again, appreciate you doing this, and thanks for being willing to share too much information, man. Yeah, no worries. All oh, right. Glad, glad um, to be so, on your show. Yeah, nice one, nice one. No, my pleasure. <laughs> Um, so Matt, I usually, well, I always start with kind of the beginning. So I met you in uh, Norwich. Yeah, in Norwich. Is that where you're the, from? Was it the waterfront? Yeah. Is that where you're from? Uh, no, I'm I'm from Watford, uh, okay. like London area. Right. Um, and, so, uh, oh, sorry. No, it's my fault. I'm, I'm a chatterbox, so yeah. Um, so, I mean, me too. We're probably yeah. going to have a lot of that then. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm from from Watford, uh, sort of, you know, edge of London, mm -hmm. Hertfordshire. Uh, yeah, I mean, spent most of my life there. I mean, I moved here, well, I guess it's almost 2021 now. God. Yeah. Um, we moved here, well, I moved here in 2016. Right. So I guess what's that? Five yeah, years. like four, four and a half four years, years ago. Yeah, it wasn't quite at the beginning, but I had auditioned for like working with a company here. Right. Back in, that must have been October, November, I think November. Actually, right. no, it was November because I'm pretty sure I auditioned on my birthday. I think I remember that now. I saw them on my birthday on the 30th of November. And, right. uh, yeah, so that was that. And I'd also recently kind of had gone through like a breakup with a girlfriend and stuff. So I moved out and I put all my stuff in storage. And then I started working with this company mm -hmm. in January, just after I'd been working in Dubai. And then right. we were on tour all over around the country for a while. And then I think it got like towards the summer and we opened up a like a circus center here in a church. Okay. And at the point where I was like, I didn't want to move here originally because there wasn't really anywhere to train or to like be. Yeah. 
and there's not like such a big circus scene here so that was a bit of a bit of a gap and then yeah and then once we opened this place up and we kind of started running classes and stuff there I was like okay I'll I'll look for a place because I didn't mind having my stuff in storage because I was most of the time just like away you know living out of a bag on tour right and then just I think a chance had it one day I was actually in the park in Norwich and uh like a friend of someone we work with was like oh yeah we really want to we we're moving to London but we really don't want to get rid of our house and this that and the other and we've got a guy living there at the moment who wants to stay and it was kind of just like hello yeah yeah. (laughs) and yeah that was that pretty much like as soon as had chatted to them just moved in and then that was kind of that and then I moved from there a year later and okay so so take me back to Watford so was you raised just normal normal house normal family um, yeah nine to fivers yeah i guess so i mean yeah i wouldn't say there was anything crazy or extraordinary about my growing up like yeah. both uh i mean both my parents are lovely and they're still together which i guess is probably a rarer thing these days yeah so yeah uh mum and dad's still together they still live in the house that i grew up in They've okay. never they've never moved in my whole lifetime. Crazy. So, yeah, that's so yeah, kind of lived in a place called Croxley Green, which is like a sort of a village suburb area of Watford. Right. Um it's got a stop on the tube map as well. So Okay. Yeah. So you're not completely, um, no, you're not completely rural then? No, not completely. Like it's a like yeah, a kind of busy suburban rural area. Like right. You know, tube station was about like a fifteen-minute walk from the house, and uh, yeah. but five-minute walk in the other direction was like fields and crops and a forest. So right. it was. Right. I, best of both. I think that was a, yeah, best of both. It was a pretty good, uh, pretty good, good setup for growing up, I reckon. Fair play. So, um, brothers, sisters? No, only or lonely child. Just, just two of us. That's you as well. Is yeah. that where the, that's where the chatterbox has come from. You're like, there's no one so. else to talk to, so you just got to keep talking. <laughs> yeah. Luckily for me, though, when I, when I got older, I found out that um, I had other brothers and sisters. So I was raised an only child, but now I've got... Um, oh, wow. I've got 10 siblings now. How, how did that happen? Was that like... Uh, obviously, my dad, me, my mum and dad went their separate ways when I was young. And he went and sowed, sowed, sowed the royal oats <laughs> far and wide, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, um, so were you raised with your mum then? Yeah, I was just raised, just me and my mum, yeah. Okay. Um, and then later boy. on you found out? <laughs> yeah, probably um, 2016, 2016, 2017, and then. So it's been a little learning, learning curve last three, four years. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's amazing now. I don't know, I don't know what I do without the ones that I've met. I don't know what I do without them now, you know. And then um, I'm just working on meeting the others as and when the time permits, you know. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. So you're 15, 16. You've um, actually before you go there, what, what's your what's your mum like? Because 
Um, your mom, if your mum's, if your mum was, she, she's juggling. She's obviously showing you that she can juggle when she isn't aware that you've even got interested in it. So maybe it's like a party trick or something she pulls out on New Year's or whatever. But <laughs> or however it goes down, but, you know what I mean? I mean, so, yeah, she pull it out occasionally just to be like, look. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, what? I take it you and your mum are pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty close with my parents. Like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, compared to other people. I wouldn't say I have, like, the, you know, like, the the closest connection, you know, like, as with everyone. But I think mm -hmm. that's just because of me being off and traveling and disappearing yeah. a lot, mostly. Like, otherwise, yeah, I've got a good good connection with my parents. Try and speak to them as often as I can. Yeah. Back then, I mean, you know, back then probably no different to anyone else in their teenage years <laughs> like you know would have the have the usual arguments and shit okay. like I mean yeah at this point I think well, at, at this age I was particularly kind of aware of wanting to do my own thing and a little bit younger than then so I was at this point where I often like stopped coming home when they thought I was coming home and just kind of so they'd get annoyed a lot about that you know guilty guilty yeah, <laughs> just kind of be off out and on a school night coming home at like two in the morning and they'd just yeah. be like, where the fuck have you been? What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, it's just, you know, hanging out with my friends. We had a 24 yeah. hour Tesco's that would give Krispy Kremes out at the end of the night for free. So, you know, living the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, were they, were yeah. they pushing you towards academics? Yeah, I mean, my my parents are like... Yeah, they're they're great. They're intellectual. They're right. they've got lots of stuff that they're into. Like they always kind of like. Of course, they were pushing me towards academics, but I I never really knew academically what I wanted to do. Right. Like like I said, I had the things I was good at. You know, like mm -hmm. for me, like maths was always a joke. Like I really hated the subject, but I was like like unreasonably good at it <laughs> so kind of had this thing where like in school you know I would I'd try and I was also just this teacher that I hated and she would run the top group and then like so I would like intentionally just be bad at it just so that I got moved down a group so I didn't have that teacher <laughs> and then and then the joke was is that the term afterwards she moved down a group and then and then I was like well I'm just gonna have to be good at it again so that I get out of this group <laughs> Jeez. but and yeah I never really took much to like certain academics I was always interested in stuff but yeah I I was mostly good at like art so okay. I kind of I'd, I'd been drawing and painting since I was like really young well and my you know my parents mostly what they they didn't care so much about a particular thing they just wanted me to you know, to go with the thing that I like had potential or was good at. And mm -hmm. I'd always been good at art. And that was more or less the one of the only things I really like, really focused on in school. You know, that was the one thing I cared about the most. Right. So when it came to like A levels and stuff, I was kind of like, oh, I don't really know what other subjects to do because I don't need any other subjects to do art. So I just kind of picked like three random ones that I liked, <laughs> you know? But 
they were my my dad was i remember like when i was getting older and started wanting to do circus more and obviously my parents were like like do the do the art like you're really good at this and <laughs> yeah obviously they were a bit like circus is great but please uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, they had all the the obvious worries of like, for someone who doesn't know about circus, they're just like, "What the fuck are you gonna do? Like, yeah. how, are how are you gonna, gonna pay make... your bills?" Exactly. It's just like, how are you literally going to live? Yeah. And I mean, obviously, I knew a bit more by the point of like, this is me talking about like when I'm kind of like nineteen now, you know, like right. I knew a bit more and I knew how I would kind of make it work, but obviously it was a bit of a leap so yeah they 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 wanted me to obviously be good in school and do the rest and mm-hmm. i still kept up my art and stuff and that was actually where the change kind of happened i i was i took a year out from school right at like well i guess when you finish when you're 18 right. and i was like i you know i want to break from all this you know school's obviously like a difficult time and there's all that pressure like you have to do what you have to do this you have to do this and it's like nice to take a break and I think if I hadn't taken that year out I would have probably still been doing art for instance because I delayed my applications for like art university took a bit I was taking more time to build up like a bigger and better portfolio of Mm -hmm. artwork and during that year well I moved out of home as soon as I had an opportunity because mm-hmm. you do. Yeah. And, uh, so I moved into London, actually had a, a well-paid job in Watford and moved into London. So I was doing like the, the wrong direction commute, paying the expensive house and <laughs> leaving London for work. Right. Wow. And then, and then yeah i found out about the circus school through people in london and that was kind of like a mum dad i want to apply for circus school instead of uh <laughs> instead of art university and they were like you're crazy don't do it <laughs> yeah. yeah so was that so was that that was like how you got into almost like not almost but you got you got into becoming a professional circus performer by like I don't know, what to, I don't know if classically training or whatever, being trained by um, professional. I mean, yeah, people. I guess I guess you could say that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Yeah, it probably is the right way to describe it. So, there's a circus school in London, or is it outside of London? Yeah, this was the this was the circus space, or now called National Centre for Circus Arts in uh, in like Shoreditch. Okay. Um. Yeah. So the reason I say the reason I was asking like about upbringing because I'm thinking like circus performer, where does that come from? How do you go from living in a quiet village, village suburban, rural-ish kind of town with a tube station, and go from that to to this this crazy juggling stuff I'm seeing you do throwing hoops in the air and balancing on your head in the, in a river and a rock and all these things do you know what I mean I'm just like where, where does how do you go from there to there where did you see circus performing for the first time well I guess that's kind of like I mean that particularly is kind of like a funny question because in the sense that most people I know who are really into circus you know yeah. would always kind of be like oh yeah my 
family either they came from a circus family which i guess right. isn't as much of isn't as much of a thing these days you know because like mm. that's kind of more trad circus and circus is a much broader umbrella these days like okay um but i guess most people would always be like oh yeah my parents took me to the circus when i was younger <laughs> yeah. or or i used to go and see this and i thought it was the coolest thing ever I literally didn't really know a thing or two about circus. Didn't right. I don't I don't remember ever going to watch one until right. I was do it until I like did it. I just well actually though there, there is kind of a like a a funny story. It's not like the full reason. I guess like partly it was just in secondary school, you know, like when you kind of start getting a bit older and you meet different people and I think at that point in like school when I'd kind of thought, oh, you know, these are the things I like and want to be good at, mm -hmm. like in terms of studies in school and some of the other things I was a bit like, oh, you know what, like I, if I'm not interested in it, I'm not going to do good at it. And so I sort of took a bit of my spare time and I just started learning some things. Like I had a few friends that did, do you know, like poi, like the thing where you spin the things around and What's that? you do like, yeah, it's like, uh, I think it comes from an ancient, is it like New Zealand or Maori like tradition? Right. Like it's kind of like a war dance weapon kind of thing. Initially okay. it would have weights on the end of like rope or chains and you'd swing it ah, around. Yes. Like a... Sometimes they light them on fire and stuff and do stuff. Yeah, well no, that, that's what kind of got me into it. I think right. I had some friends, like I had a friend in school who did a bit of juggling and did a bit of Diablo and I had a friend who, and then I kind of, at the time I was spending a lot of my, like, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have like loads of friends at school. I wasn't like a popular kid, you know? Right. So, so I spent a lot of time like down the skate park. I made a lot more friends down there. Like our local skate park scene kind of, it was a real like crossroads of all the kind of like, you had all the skaters or the goths or the chavs, like everyone kind of like hung out there and was like mm -hmm. chill. So, that was kind of like a place and then through there I ended up meeting a few other people who were a bit older than us who kind of did some circusy things right. so this all kind of started when I was like I'm gonna say 15 okay and um yeah I got kind of got going took up poi a little bit started kind of spinning and then once I was like oh yeah I really want to do this on fire you know like as probably a lot of people would say when they try it be like no they wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> all right fair enough um yeah it's just kind of like oh I really want to do the the fire things and obviously kind of worked myself up to doing that over the course of like a year or so and yeah, just within that time, I guess, like, I had some friends who could juggle, and I'd always kind of, for me, it's all about, like, that mindset, you know, like, telling yourself you can do anything. Like, mm -hmm. back then, I was a very kind of go-get-it person, but I still had that kind of mental block of, like, oh, you know, there's the things you're good at, and there's the things you're bad at. And right. juggling, for me, was, like, a thing that I was bad at, or I would never be able to do. And there was like, there was just a switch one day where I was like, no, fuck it. Like, yeah, I, I really want to try and just prove to myself that I can do this like impossible thing and partially spurred on by my mum because my mum could always juggle like she learned when she was a kid. Oh, wow. 
like I mean, she doesn't juggle like to a high level or anything. She can just do mean, like she can balls. just do three balls, like maybe like a couple of tricks, and it was kind of always like ah, oh, like it blew my mind. You know, it's just like yeah. that's insane. And yeah, I guess partially there was that kind of slight competitive nature. Like I really wanted to show my mum that I could do it better than her. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What I, age I mean, at this point? No, this was still kind of 15, 16. Like, I think I probably picked up poi when I was, like, 15. Yeah. I probably didn't start to juggle until I was, like, 16 or so. Like, GCSE level. You know, yeah. when they, you have more free time and they say you should go revise. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> great. Of course I will. Of course I will. I've got, my pen. I've got my pen in my pocket and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was, kind of, that was kind of where that started, I guess. Like... Would you just say that juggling is the usual way that people get into circus performing? Like no, nowadays? Not, not at all. Like, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of roots into it. You know, like I feel like juggling kind of is like an easier skill to pick up. You know, like anyone can kind <laughs> of have three balls and give it a go, and then get into it more and more. Whereas something like you know, like aerial, you know, a trapeze you'd usually be, mm -hmm. that would be more the root of the people who probably like see circus and be like, oh yeah, like I saw this thing and it's really cool and they'll be mm -hmm. nagging their parents like, I want to go do this thing, I want to go do this thing. Right, right. But, yeah, for me it was just, I'd never really even seen circus and I just kind of grabbed the, like grabbed the chance to learn while I had a few people around me that could like help me and teach me, you know, mm -hmm. I kind of picked it up and then... Yeah, I guess as well, like, I, I met somebody who moved back to Watford from America, and they, like, didn't really have any friends at the time, and me and him, uh, he's still one of my best friends, Oscar, like, he, like, you know, he basically moved to Watford, didn't know anyone, he'd got into it while he was in America, right. so me and him would, like, end up spending, like, all day, every day, like, learning together, like, when we had some free time. Mm -hmm. as well as like a girlfriend and some friends I had outside of school. So I just kind of created a little group of people around me that, yeah. you know, were also into the same thing. And then we would spend a lot of our free time just kind of hanging out, doing silly things and, you know, learning to, to spin poi and juggle and all of the rest of it. And oh, that was kind of the, the beginning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what jumped out at me was when you were saying that this, this competitive spirit you had in order to get better at this thing. So you weren't that good at juggling. And I think for a lot of people, I think a lot of people, even maybe even myself included, that you you try something, if you're good at it, you go in 100% because you just want to feel that whatever it yeah. is goes in. You want to feel that right. success yeah, that like. Yeah. So, and I think it take, it's a certain kind of person that doesn't respond adversely to not being good at something. So where do you, why do you think you, was it, do you think it was just the fact that your mum juggled and you wanted to be better than her specifically? Or do you think it was, is something that is in you? Is there other, is there other things in your life where, other times in your life where you've done similar things where something you've not been good at and you've kind of just, I don't know, chin to the chest and been like, let's go, I'm just yeah. gonna, I have to get a bit good at this. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think the the my mum juggling thing was like the reason. Yeah. I just think that compet 
competitive nature kind of helps like carry it through a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think it's hard to know where it comes from, but I'd say I've probably always got, had a bit of a kind of like, fuck it, just do it attitude, you know? Right. And right. I, I think, I think every, I think everyone should have a bit of that. Like, it's a real shame, okay. you know, when you see people with that, like pre defeatist attitude. So frustrating. Like, be, yeah. It's so frustrating. Like you could be good at anything. Like, I mean, I see it a lot teaching circus, especially juggling because it's like, it's, it is a frustrating skill. Like compared to other disciplines, it is kind of a, it's a very high focus thing, you know, right. and it's like very time consuming. So like, I see a lot of people getting frustrated juggling and like, I'm always like, no, you just, it's, it's not what you're doing. That's wrong. It's more the way you're thinking about what you're doing. Right. Most of the time that's like the problem with learning things. It's not actually that people can't learn things. It's their, you know, it's the, it's that exact attitude towards learning no, I, don't, I don't know where it came important. from yeah I don't know where it came from I guess I guess I've just never been like so afraid to be embarrassed that's a, that's a, I think that's an important thing as well yeah like, I think I think the fear of shame is something that shuts down a lot of people um, yeah. worried about because even look if you think even if I think about it just even being a circus performer Watford haven't been there many times but I've been a few times and you know it seems to from what I saw it seemed it seemed pretty kind of um what's the word I'm looking for um average I don't know <laughs> bravado-ish or do you, know, do, do you know what I'm trying to say so okay. how were you how was you how were you kind of received being interested in circus so were there people that thought oh that's what you're doing is is dumb or i know you had i know you had a friendship circle of people with like-minded people but outside yeah. of that circle were you were you seen as a bit weird i mean i guess so i guess it depends who you speak to like like yeah i see what you mean now when you say bravado like the like the people in the town are very i mean i would just say it from because of how i grew up like i just say they're very chavvy you know that okay. kind of yeah like lads 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 drinking and yeah no real hobbies kind of people so yeah mm -hmm. like i'd get that a lot but i guess i wouldn't say that was ever like my focus on things because i because mm -hmm. like it like you know Watford's a fairly big town and there was like a fair few people like at the time the the older people I knew had set up a juggling club so mm -hmm. we did have a lot of people kind of coming in and out and that was like a weekly thing you know so we did have like quite a circle of friends or people we knew who were into it and I guess I just kind of surrounded myself with that like I ended up starting performing like, you know, we did fire at like the local pub. If you're ever at Watford Junction, the flag, that was kind of like right. the, the flag next to Watford Junction. That was kind yeah. of like the local. And we knew like the people who ran the place and we knew some older people who ran events there. And in the end, we kind of ended up, you know, doing lots of like little fire performances for events and things going on. And you know that was like a nice opportunity but that's probably like where i would say i remember most of the experience of dealing with those kind of like right exasperating people as i might put it <laughs> yeah. um the kind of people like what the fuck are you doing that for 
all that kind of attitude and you realize yes. look if you don't enjoy it just don't watch it like exactly that exactly not, that not so, my problem to deal with <laughs> my really only introduction to circus performing is what that like, probably my favorite performance show that i've seen is Cirque du Soleil. Like, i mean fair enough i, I love to see i love, like i've been twice my missus took me for my birthday last year and i've and i think the year before actually and um it's always it's always blown my mind so do you think a lot of those people have are trained like that How, what, do you, what do you think the percentage is that people that are trained gone to like a circus school and those that even nowadays are coming from like circus families if those are even a thing now i don't know i i reckon like it's hard to say actually um I mean, I don't, like, me personally, I don't know as many, you know, circus families as such. Like, I know some, that that tends to come from, like, running a business, you know? Like, if the mum and the dad run a circus, mm. you know, like, I can imagine even now, like, the, the guys I work for, they, they got married, like, a year or two ago, and then, yeah. and they're running the company that we're, like, we're touring all the shows for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they ever have kids, then effectively their child will be born into, like, the circus in a sense. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't really know, like, and same would be, like, potentially with my girlfriend. She she works with us, too. Okay. I mean, I don't know if you'd call it a circus family as such, but, you know, it's like, I think there's a lot of people, like, in traditional circuses who kind of stay in the circus or, like, mm -hmm. people who come from a young age working in the circus but I feel like nowadays globally there's a pretty big thing going on with like circus schools you know they've been popping up over the last you know like 20 years like more and more like there's loads in France obviously okay. France is very forward with the arts and circus in particular um yeah so there's there's a lot of people coming out of schools. I don't know in terms of a lot of like percentages of like yeah. actual performers where they come from because mm -hmm. like Cirque du Soleil, I know they have a particular formula of taking like X, you know, like Olympic or like high level competitive gymnasts and retraining them right. because like, you know, generally speaking, people who are top level like gymnasts, Mm -hmm. they've already gone through the hard part they've got the strength they've got the flexibility they've got the coordination you know they've they've done most of the hard work over their whole life and by the time they reach an adult you know like by the time they get to 18 or 20 a lot of them realize like after com after competition finishes that's it they're, they're like they're done they've they've tr they've spent their whole life working up to a point where the industry literally says all right, you're like 20, you're too old now. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of, a lot of people come from gymnastics backgrounds and they kind of, they're like, well, shit, I've got nothing to do now. So they find what's like, seems like the most fun, interesting way to continue doing what they're good at. And mm -hmm. that's like circus. Some of them obviously just learn it. A lot of people I know haven't ever been through a circus school. Right. Um, my partner, she hasn't been through a circus school. She she was a gymnast who went straight into performing. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, there's just there's lots of possibilities. But I guess the circus school route is like a pretty big thing these days, you know. 
Mm. There's more and more people going through them. And obviously it's a better way of learning fast and learning correct technique, like mm -hmm. quickly. So, and a lot of gymnasts and dancers also who either just go into learning it or a lot of them go, Oh, actually I'd prefer to do circus. And then some of them even end up going to circus school, you know, like the yeah. one in London taking a lot of dancers and gymnasts because it's better to not teach people from like the complete beginning, yeah. but to teach them from like a, like uh, athletic like, base kind of, yeah, like a good athletic base. And obviously like typically the gymnasts, cause they've gone through the biggest, like, like scope of learning they tend to learn everything a lot quicker just because they've fair. got yeah they've already got a lot of the basics like so comfortably in them yeah interesting So let me ask you. This is something that interesting to me. Is all right. So you're you've you've come from being a normal guy, running around with your mates, maybe having a drink in the park on the weekend, whatever you used to do when you was chilling at home, um, enjoying a bit of circus. Um, to be fair, you saying you use the skate park, so I know those skateboarders and that they've got some crazy core strength as well. So you probably probably did have a bit of. Um, athleticness about you but how do you then kind of bridge the gap like if you're you're now in a circus school for example with somebody who's a classically trained gymnast or a classically trained I don't know, yeah. ballet dancer or something and they've like you said they've got these crazy muscles and crazy body control and able to do all these crazy things like once again it kind of leads me back to that that mindset that you you must have to get to that to to be able to compete um yeah. how did that how did how did that training what did that training look? did you have to work did you have to work twice as hard did you have to when they're chilling did you have to go and say oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna go do ten thousand press-ups by tomorrow morning or do you know what i mean Oof. oh i've never done that many press-ups <laughs> <laughs> i wish um actually side note i hit my i hit my like maximum this summer that i've ever done in like one go and i was pretty impressed I mean, it was like not in one go, like without stopping, but like in one session, like having right. short rest. I think I got to like 250 press ups, and I was like, Yeah, that's crazy. I've, I've never done that. I've done 150. Probably won't do that day. again either. <laughs> I've done 150 in a day doing sets of 25. That's in 24 yeah. hours. And I was well, I was proud. I, I shared every single, I shared every 25 on my WhatsApp story like I was, like I was a competitive athlete. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you got to be a little bit proud, you know, like, otherwise, yeah, definitely. otherwise you don't take any enjoyment out of what you're doing. True story. Um, so I guess like, I don't know, I'll do like a small backtrack because just to say like, I wasn't completely unathletic in the sense yeah. like, my parents always wanted me like to be into stuff, you know, they right. never, you know, I mean, like anyone, you just want your kid to enjoy life and like, mm -hmm. do like find things they love. 
I was I was like a I was a competitive swimmer when I was younger. Like I used okay. to do swimming competitions. I think up until probably up until like secondary school age somewhere in there mm-hmm. i remember having a coach who was like particularly mean and horrible and i think that was kind of like the breaking point for me was like mm-hmm. i don't enjoy this anymore yeah um and then my parents got me into like badminton which i think is probably one of the things i'll relate most to like picking up juggling so quickly right. one of the reasons i ended up getting more into it is because i could learn it so quickly and people were just always like how have you learned all this stuff and i was just like you just you just do the thing <laughs> yeah um, years of chasing the shot clock around yeah i mean yeah i was like sort of a i played for like the county so i was doing like county tournaments for badminton so yeah i was at a pretty high level for that at the time mm-hmm and yeah i think badminton just kind of faded out as you know i started like growing up and doing the typical growing up things and that also involved getting more into circus like i was reaching a point where like my badminton once or twice a week was starting to overlap with things that i wanted to do or like oh there's this circus club that i wanted to go to and uh, you know i'd occasionally miss a badminton session to go like have fun and do that and then it was kind of like oh well you know so by the point I was kind of 18 19 badminton had kind of started fading out of my life a little bit but I'd been doing that for like I guess probably almost like maybe nine ten years I don't know um so yeah I wasn't unathletic but let's say to a certain degree like obviously a lot of people going into a school are like you know, they fold in half and they do this. And when I was, when I'd moved out of my house and I decided I was going to go for circus school, I think I had like, like, oh, let me see, like this kind of flexibility where I could like get to like here, like at most. And I'd given myself the goal, like before I audition, I have to be able to touch my toes. (laughs) And that was just like a... And I like just about got it by the time I kind of did my auditions and or went to school and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously in the audition, I'd be like, oh my God, these people are like, what? They yeah, I can imagine. They, I, wasn't, I wasn't unathletic. Like I wasn't built of muscle, but I wasn't unmuscular. I was like, yeah. I was a pretty skinny kid, you know? So I was strong, yeah. but skinny. Yeah, I guess like, well, part of it is just that juggling, especially in circus school, kind of has its own like thing, you know, like you don't have to be good at acrobatics or other stuff to to be a good juggler. So they kind of assess you a little bit differently. I didn't have that same interest. Like when I went to circus school, I was like, no, I want to be fucking good at everything. Like not a lot of people... Yeah, a lot of people didn't have that attitude, you know. They kind of wanted to go do their thing and didn't specialize want to specialize in something. Yeah, I mean, you have to specialize in something. And mine mm. was juggling because they they originally accepted me as like a as a conditional juggler. I most people have until the end of their first year to decide what discipline they want to do. Right. But 
they kind of accepted me under the pretense originally of being like, well, you know, you're not flexible. You're not an acrobat. You're not an aerialist. Like, <laughs> they're like, you must you're... have been like, geez, <laughs> that must, that must have lit the fire underneath you. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, <laughs> I've always got a, you know, I've got that strong, uh, that strong feeling of proving people wrong. You know, that's a... definitely, that seems to be the, that seems to be a common thread running through, running through <laughs> this life story right now. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I don't like people telling me I can't do things. You know, Makes that's sense. like that's one thing I hate, and I I hate it in general. Like as a thing from people, you know, like don't tell someone they can't do it. You can tell someone they're not good at it, but you can't mm -hmm. tell someone they can't be good at it. You know, like yeah. anyone can do what they want. They've just gotta. They've just gotta know that they can. So yeah. Yeah, that was kind of that. I went in. I wasn't really good at the other stuff. I mean, I did a bit of parkour and, you know, flips and stuff yeah. with friends, but I was like before then, but I was pretty bad, let's say. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was kind of a, like, I went in as a juggler, but then in the first year, everyone spends, I don't know if they do it now if you're a juggler, but mm. when I went there, everyone does like conditioning, theater, you know, it's like, you do ballet, you do contemporary dance, you do conditioning, you do aerial conditioning, you do tumbling, you do handstands, you do theater. Um, I mean, there's other classes. That's just to mention a few of the main ones. So you do <coughs> like, you do that all week, like all of those things. <coughs> and I really took the opportunity to kind of get involved in the acrobatics and the aerial up to the point where one of the aerial teachers was like, I want you to be an aerialist. And if you want to change your discipline, I'll argue your case to the school. And I was kind of like, I actually don't want to be an aerialist, but that has given me a certain sense of achievement at least. Oh, cool. uh, but I didn't stop doing aerial. I just didn't want to do it as my main discipline. Right. I just kind of right. kept doing it as like a on the side thing. How long was you, how long was you in the um, circus school for? How long does that last? So that's a, well, it's like, it's three years, but it's two, you know, like a foundation course for two years. And mm -hmm. then you effectively have to reapply for the, for the third year course. So they wow. take in like 26 people or 27 people, like in the first year. And then usually the second year, they take like a few less, like 20. And I think in the third year, well, no, sorry. Second year, it doesn't matter. I just don't. I think you just often find that a couple of people drop out within the first year. I was going to say, how many people do, don't make it through? Sounds like my, one of my favourite shows, that SAS Who Dares Wins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the show, but I can kind of imagine the... It is a little bit like boot campish, you know? Like, you'll always find the people who are kind of into or scared of different things, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, some people, like, you'll find some of the gymnasts they're really into learning technically and they'll learn really quickly, but they're really closed like emotionally. And when it comes to the theater classes and right. opening up emotionally and showing like, you know, you've got to, you've got to not be afraid to show not tricks, but who you are. And you'd right. often find a lot of those people. Like I found a couple of people in my year, like, storming out of class being like this is ridiculous i'm not doing this this is embarrassing and leaving and then okay and you just be like oh Stuff come on up, you're literally paying for this like this is such a good learning opportunity yeah. so yeah i mean 
Yeah, I guess. But some people like somebody left our year after first year because they were looking for a partnership to work as like a flyer in a base. And at the end of the first year, they didn't find someone. So, you know, that's like a. Okay. That's like a thing, you know, like some people know what they want and then the school doesn't offer it to them. And then they're like, okay, maybe I'll go to another school. Whereas Mm -hmm. other people just genuinely have no idea how difficult or how much they have to do, like how difficult it can be or how much they have to do. So they just kind of, you know, after a year or so, they're like, oh, no, I can't do this. (laughs) Yeah, I can. um, I can imagine. I can imagine it must be difficult. All right. So let's get into specifics about what your your skill set then let's say obviously you're good at juggling yeah well you're good at all the things but let's say what are you so when you, you go on tours and you're touring with a, a circus team what would you call it a team or company, company. yeah company, company. Right. so you're touring with your company and what's your what's your role on in the show let's say um well I mean, yeah, I mean, we all kind of share roles, like we have the stuff we're good at, you know, so mm-hmm. the company I'm in currently, you know, like we all do group acrobatics to a to a degree, like we all do sort of a bit of hand to hand, like, you know, holding people in handstands and doing handstands all of that kind of stuff. People and, over and stuff. Yeah, so we all do group acrobatics, so that's like a big part of our shows. Right. And, you know there's stuff that I'd say I'm good at, but I don't necessarily do in the shows just because they Mm -hmm. tend to focus on what we're better at often. Right. Like I have a lot more stuff that I perform than that, which I do with the company at the moment, for instance, like, you know, like my partner, she's a gymnast and she's a really good hand balancer. So she does like, she does hand balancing and trapeze. Those tend to be the things that she does in a lot of the shows because she's good at them. Right. I do, I do sort of juggling and some like balancing things and yeah, like a lot of like sort of tumbling and group acrobatics and okay. stuff. We all do like the company I work with at the moment. Um, we all do like theatre shows, like okay. as in theatre circus shows. So we just did a run of um, a circus carol which is basically a christmas carol mm-hmm. the story yeah. but um done in circus so for instance in that show i kind of i'm in a lot of scenes as like background characters or general you know like i do some hula hooping in like a big hula hooping scene wow. um, but i have like two acts that are like my acts and one of them was a ball juggling scene um mm-hmm which was kind of meant to be the past, the Christmas past, right. where I'm like, we're, it's money. So, you know, we're dealing with money and the, they were golden juggling balls. And it was me and Scrooge kind of when he starts getting into working as a business. And it's kind of that like bravado camaraderie of like the two of us getting into like earning money. And that was kind right. of what that scene was. And the other scene I did was an aerial chains act as Marley. So I come in as the ghost. So I come in go as Marley when he's the ghost. Right. And I have like these two big loops of, um, of chains that hang from the ceiling. And I do sort of like aerial like drops and twists. and What, on that metal there. chains? Yeah. So on that bruise? So much. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh the the process is a fun one like i hadn't been on them since like we did the show last year and obviously you had to improve it 
and it's mm. like a month. I wasn't as bad this year because I've done it a few times now, but after not touching them for like a year, the first like two weeks is like yeah. agony because everything bruises and swells up and then you have to kind of train on the bruises. And yeah, that's what I was going to say. You've got to condition it. Yeah, once once I found like once you hit about four to six weeks of doing it, this time was actually this time was probably a bit more like three weeks, I think, because my body's learned from the past a bit better. Yeah. But like the, it doesn't hurt as much. Like I was still like black and blue, like around my back yeah. and my legs, but but it wasn't hurting, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. kinda like, oh yeah, that's just the colour of my skin now. <laughs> Funny, well, my mates are gonna when my wait when my mates watch this, they're gonna be like, Why is he going, Yeah, 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 like he understands. Not, <laughs> oh, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 of course, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's crazy to me because, um, um, I met a guy that done, um, but he was he was into, I think his dad was a taekwondo world champion, so okay. raised, so he, he, him, he had a twin, him and his twin brother, obviously, they've come up and his dad's trained them over years, and um. He was like, he was trying to teach me about leg kicks or whatever. So he yeah. just told me to feel like, put our shins together like this and then just draw it back and just touch them like that. And I was just like, what the hell have you got underneath your skin? It just felt like a like a scaffolding pole he had underneath his yeah. skin, do you know what I mean? So I know that this be years in, of conditioning just kind of changes your whole, how, like your body just, probably just feels different if you knock on your bones and that and yeah. just the denseness of your of yourself you know I mean yeah no no for sure like yeah, everything changes like and your your brain learns to redirect like nerve endings and things harden up and you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's just I mean it's amazing what the body can do I'm always fascinated yeah. like I, I actually joke because sometimes I've been all right now but I actually find that I I'm in more pain often, like when I take too much time off, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like Definitely. when my body starts going like into regression, yeah. parts of my body are like, no, we need to like, we need some <laughs> pressure or some like something or yeah. like some, you know, to feel some kind of intensity. Like if right. I do too I much imagine. sitting around and, like if it gets past a week or so, my body starts like going like, oh no, you're like, I'm not used to sitting down, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Like I don't have a desk job. I don't spend lots of time sitting in a chair, which is great. But yeah. then when I do have lots of time at home sitting in a chair at my computer, I'm like, oh fuck man, this is, yeah. <laughs> this is killing me. I can me. imagine. Your posture and your posture and yeah. you, must be, you must be trained. Back straight legs. Oh, I saw even that I picture try, you sent me earlier of your, your toes were just pointed like that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that you 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 warm my heart saying that. No, <laughs> you say that like you know the whole going through circus school thing. Yeah. It's like having the acrobatics or the aerial teachers saying like, "Well done, you're really strong, but for fuck's sake, point your fucking toes." Right. <laughs> like. That was just kind of a joke to the point where I'd almost considered after like two or three years to get it like tattooed on one of my feet. So every time I looked at my feet, I would actually remember to do it. But yeah. also, you know, that was quite a few years ago now. So it has had a few years to sink in, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. when I'm there next to dancers and gymnasts who automatically point their toes, 
and I'm there like with little like gangly feet like <laughs> <laughs> they're all like well you kind of did what we were trying to do but you didn't make it look good <laughs> yeah well wait there's that picture that picture you sent me today I was like geez I showed my missus and she was like wow geez you know what I mean <laughs> Uh, thanks. Right. I, I like that picture. That's one of my favourite ones. No, it's a good one. It's a good one. Even the other one, where you're kind of half underwater, and that's a good one as well. I think it, the the joke of it is is that the one balancing the club with me underwater was a lot harder than the other one. No way. <laughs> like, because in a certain sense, it's like head balancing was like balancing on my head is like is a really hard skill to learn. Yeah. If if like. If there's any skill I would say in the circus that has been the most like demeaning, it's that one. It's like yeah. literally months to years of like no progress, you know, because it's like it's reconditioning your body to understand a different kind of balance. And yeah. so there's months, there's months of like, oh, like I still feel nothing. And you just have to tell yourself, do this every day. Or, and I wouldn't because it was so like horrible to do, but it was like, <laughs> just do, at least do it like two or three times a week, you know? And I was like, yeah. just do it. Because even though it doesn't feel like anything, one day it will. Yeah. And that was one of those skills where it was like, there's like literally like zero satisfaction to learning until there it was like, you know, three years later, I was like, well, I can do it now, finally. Wow. But once you've learned to do it, it's not like too, too bad. It's like riding a bike kind of skill. Like once you can do it, you can't really lose it. It's like a skill you've got. Yeah. Whereas the balancing the club while I was like submerged underwater, the, it, the current of the river kept taking me. And it was okay. like, also the water was like insanely cold. So I was kind of like... <laughs> We spent we spent quite a bit of time trying to get that picture because it was just like any time I would go under the water, I would just start like drifting sideways. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate. Okay. All right. So I hope the listeners get to see these pictures, otherwise they have no, no idea course, what we're talking about. Both of them, both of them, both that's the, both of those pictures are gonna get used for the um for the marketing shots for the for the episode. So don't worry about that. They'll definitely get to see the picture. Um yeah, so I'm I'm just thinking. Um, you, you sent me the info, and that make sure you send me the name of your. I don't know if you want to shout them out. The name of your company. Oh yeah, I mean, there's, I'll say it now. Like they're Lost in Translation Circus. Like we've got a few tours on show. Like um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been working. They're the one that I've been working with for the last like five years now in Norwich. Right. Um, so we're kind of yeah here, there, and Are everywhere. We've got a bunch of shows. Sorry. Are they online? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So we've got Lost in Translation Circus. They're all over, you know, Facebook, Instagram, right. uh, the, all the usual. I think there's a Twitter too. I, I I do a lot of stuff on the Facebook and Instagram, but I don't use the Twitter. Right. Um, I sound so old saying that. I don't use the Twitter. Um, <laughs> no way. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely sounding older than I thought I would be. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and we've also got the Oak Circus Center, which is like our, the church we have, which we filled with like a circus school and where we train. So yeah.
let me just type. We've done a bit of background on you. Let me just let me just uh, kind of flip the flip the speed a little bit. All right. Um, a couple of questions for you. Yeah. Uncircus related. All right. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Um, <laughs> What is love? Wow, this was a, that was a big change. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's just how we I like to do it. We don't, we don't ease it in at all. Not um, at all. What is love? Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, does anyone know? We all like to explain it. Mm -hmm. I don't know, if anyone, don't know if anyone really knows. I mean, yeah, I guess there's two right routes I can go down. I can go down my kind of, I'm a very, you know, factual person and I can yeah. go down the, the route of it's a, you know, it's a chemical, it's a chemical reaction that is, mm -hmm. uh, that is created in order for us to procreate and continue the spread of human uh, or the spread of life in general. Um, yeah. What's the other I mean, one you could give me? I mean, I feel like, but that one kind of ends there, you know? That one's not the most interesting answer. No, it's, it's, probably... it's, it's definitely interesting because I haven't, that, no one said that yet. And I've asked, I've asked that same question to 95% of the guests I've had on, so. Yeah. It's definitely a new one. And it's, right. it's interesting. Yeah, what, I mean, What's the other answer you give? That's probably the, the, re, the, the answer I believe in the most because it's the most yeah. scientific and I'm a very, I'm a very sciencey person. Yeah. Um, I guess outside of that, I don't know. I guess it's just that feeling of it's, it's a kind of feeling almost like of want. You you some you there's something you like and you got to grab a hold of it, you know. And that you. that can be it can be a person, it can be things. I think some people get a lot mixed up in kind of saying like, oh, you don't really love things or love, you know, like love is reserved for like that one person in your life. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really believe in that in a sense. I think you can, I also don't think that applies to everyone. I know a lot of people are wired differently, especially yep. from their upbringing. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, I think love is kind of, it's a sense of happiness, but it's just like more than that, you know, it's that kind of willingness to put up with more than the happiness for something, you know, like, okay. like I can say that about a person. I can say that about my girlfriend, which, you know, actually giving it to her, she's not, she's definitely far from uh, the most annoying girlfriends I've had. She's, yeah. <laughs> she's a very, she's a very easy person to be around and get on with, you know? Mm -hmm. and um but you know things like juggling i don't always love it you know training and stuff sometimes i have bad days sometimes i fucking hate it but yeah. i still love it you know yeah okay all right i feel like yeah i feel like you know there's a there's a lot to there's, there's a lot that could be said about love that's a very open umbrella <laughs> What is forgiveness? What is forgiveness? Um, 
Oh, that's, uh, I feel like I have a lot of things I want to say and I'm thinking them all at the same time. Um, I guess there's, there's a certain sense of putting, I guess a certain sense is like putting someone else or something else above your own needs. Yep. I think that's probably part of the stronger part of it, you know, like you are upset with something and that is kind of bringing you into your ego. And obviously mm -hmm. the ego is all about me, 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 what I need, what I want and what I have to do for me. Right. And then forgiveness is kind of shutting down your own ego for a bit to kind of say, well, this person will actually be a lot better for it or the situation or life or even yourself. Like it can even be, you know, for yourself. Cause that's what I was going to ask you. Cause that's interesting what you said about, ego kind of being involved in um i don't know forgiveness in the sense that a lot of people a lot of people say forgiveness is to free yourself or is something you do for yourself and people misinterpret it by saying that it's something that you're giving to the other person um but yeah it's interesting it's interesting for me to hear that you think maybe that you know, in order to forgive, you have to shut down your ego. Yeah. Because I think you, I think you perceive forgiveness similarly to me, which is rare okay. because a lot of people see it in the way that I described it before. And I think you're right. I think in order to forgive someone, you do have to shut down your ego and yeah. almost see it as some a gift that you're giving to that person. Yeah. I mean, like... I, yeah, I guess there's kind of two sides to it. Like for me, one thing that would kind of stem like part of what I'm about to say is like, mm -hmm. I'm not sure I believe in a true altruistic action. You know, is that the right way of saying it? Like, yeah, I don't believe in true altruism. I don't think, like, I don't think there is anything you can do that doesn't like benefit yourself slightly. Anyone who says, you know, like, interesting. Anyone who says, I I'm doing this and it's nothing to do with me. You know, it's all for them. I don't think that's true. I don't think I'm not saying that it can't be like better for the other person than it is for you in a sense. Mm -hmm. I just think that anything that you do that benefits someone else will always like at least give you a certain sense of satisfaction of yeah. like, I did what was right or I did this, which made them yeah. better. Or, you know, like the whole giving to charity thing, like, Oh, I, I gave, I gave all this money to all these people, but you kind of, you know, you see it a lot on the news, like people being smug about like, like you giving see money, like, giving, giving money to a homeless person and videoing it and posting it on. Their yeah. Phone. Like I've always found that a weird thing. It's not that I wouldn't ever tell anyone. But it's like, you know, these videos you see online of like people doing like these heartfelt videos, like here is me going to this homeless guy and like giving these things and making his day and doing this nice thing for him. And I'm just like, you know, what would have been better if you just didn't fucking film it like and just did it. Like I always find those videos a bit fake and I'm like, the thing Agreed. you did was nice and I still get a nice feeling, but did you need to film it? Did you? Yeah, with a with a nice 4K camera and a, and a yeah. portable light. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I guess kind of like tracking from that, like my belief is that nothing, nothing you can do 
is ever truly like not benefiting you in some way mm -hmm. but i guess forgiveness kind of comes more from the side of you've got to shut down the ego that like the ego is like let's say the irrational like the the irrational emotional side which is mm -hmm. telling you like this is hurting you or this is disrespecting you or they did this and that wasn't nice and you you think they're a cunt so you know yeah. like and then you have to shut that down for a bit to be like well okay yeah like i am pissed off that they did this mm -hmm. but maybe maybe their intentions weren't bad or maybe this is this or this is that or maybe sometimes you'd be like actually yeah they're an asshole but if i don't forgive them you know i might have to be around them or like have to deal with this for a much much longer time mm -hmm. and it's just going to make everyone's life a lot worse you know like it can be accepting that forgiveness is just to make a better situation emotionally for people or it could be because you might actually realize that they didn't do it to hurt you or whatever you know mm -hmm. i mean that would go into individual situations because that could be any reason for anything happening yeah. but i think I yeah think, I, yeah no i think i think i think that you what you're what i'm hearing you say anyway is that um you have to you have to be able to in order to in order to look at things objectively that's when you have to shut your ego down yeah. so not every not necessarily meaning that everybody's going to warrant your forgiveness but you do think that tell me if i'm putting words in your mouth as well but yeah, yeah. you do think that kind of you have to be able to objectively and objectively view a situation and view a person's actions for what it is rather than focusing purely on just how it makes you feel um, yeah and then make an informed decision with the yeah. full picture i mean yeah i yeah i think that sums it up pretty well i'm not saying like emotional things can't get involved in the, the mm -hmm. balance Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, we're not robots. We are emotional creatures. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think there is a certain element of trying to let go of that kind of like overbearing feeling. I mean, God, like, yeah. Even even knowing that doesn't make it easy, you know. It's <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you can yeah. know you can talk about it and know it as much as you want, but it can still be hard to do, you know. Like I find myself falling part of like small grudges all the time and like things that really piss me off, you know, when people take advantage of you and you're just like, oh, like, I just really don't want to let it go. But if I don't let it go, it's not even necessarily for the other person. It's more for yourself, you know, like sometimes just like if I don't let this go, I'm just going to have that little ball of anger in me like <laughs> for longer and longer. Mm. Are you much of a reader? Uh, I'll probably say more on the side of no. <laughs> okay. Not, Do you have a favourite book? Um, I'm looking for a recommendation. Uh, probably my cooking books. <laughs> what you? Oh, what you? What you cook? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I like my cooking. All right, big, so there I'm we go. A big, let's, I'm a big fan of cooking. Okay, let's let's edit it up then. Let's let's change the question. I mean, I don't so like we, talking about reading. I just uh, 
I'm not. I don't. I don't read fiction. You know, like I I'm just, just started never, reading fiction. I've yeah. never, never got into it. Never stuck with it. Like every, like if you could see my bookshelves here, it's like um, psychology, physics, like about the origins of the universe. You know, like physics, particle physics, um, a couple of oh. uh, uh, biographies. Mm -hmm. um, things about like I've got some things about you know like drugs and the effects they have on you and I don't know yeah like and a lot yeah a lot of philosophy and science right so then you so there you go sounds sounds like you've got a decent book collection so give me a recommendation as we've we don't know each other greatly but we've spoken for probably an hour now so from your from your great deductive skills of the kind of person I am what book would you say I have to read this on your bookshelf right now? Uh, oh, that is uh, uh, actually that's that's one I really enjoyed. Um, I'm just taking a stab because I, I actually I'm not one of these. I don't have a favorite book, or I'm not. I don't have. A, I'm not like one of these people to push a book on someone. Yeah, I never have done, but. I feel like one of the ones that's just come, like I've seen and it's come to my brain right now was like, this is your brain on music. Maybe I'm saying that because I met yeah. you at a gig, you know? Maybe. And it's kind of like, yeah. uh, uh, it's like, a, it's a book about the psychology of um, of music and what it does to you. Not, not you know, yeah, it's kind of more about what goes on, on in your brain when you in hear, okay. when you hear music and why it makes you feel happy and why, you connect you know emotions to songs and that's and i think that's 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 a good shout because um i'm me and my friends we debate about it a lot about a lot of the stuff a lot of the times how influential music can be to your mood and how how you can how i don't i've never understood how someone can i don't know i had a friend in school that he broke up with his missus and he went home and listened to sad music for a whole day and i was just like why would you want to why would you want to compound the sad feeling? I don't understand. <laughs> like, would you want to listen to happy music and get you out? So I do think music plays a big role. See, the role thing is, though, I, I understand that, but I actually would kind of do the same. I think there's Explain like... Because I don't talk I, to the guy anymore, so I can't ask him. Okay. <laughs> Just be like, yo, why are you sad? No, uh, I, I guess it's kind of a... I think sometimes... Part of it is uh, maybe a not wanting to move on or not ready to move on, you know, like it depends what the situation is. Like, okay. let's take a typical sad situation, a breakup. Like that's kind of a, that's yeah. a thing that everyone experiences that is evidently sad, unless you're a psychopath. Um, yeah. I think sometimes there's a certain element of I don't not want to feel sad. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like... Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to brush past the emotions. Like there is a point at which you want to do that. And I think there's a point at which, you know, sadness leads into depression and can become a, mm -hmm. like more of a thing, you know? But I think when I'm sad, like for the most part, you know, I can be sad. I've been sad for days. I've been sad for a week, maybe a month, but I generally know that there's like an end to it. And sometimes when I'm in it, I want to, you know, I don't want to disregard that emotion. We all want to be happy, 
but I wouldn't be happy if I wasn't sad too, you know? Like I, I hear that. That's, that's, that's that. You sound very evolved. I don't want to sound like I also spend, I, I generally feel like I'm a pretty happy person. I don't spend a yeah. lot of time held up crying and listening to, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, there's nothing, but to me, I, get, I, I think I get what you're saying. But sometimes it's nice, like, like I have nostalgic sad songs that I, I, I enjoy listening to. Does that make sense? Like, kind of, yeah. Kind of, like, it kind I of does. Will, like, I know, like, I don't know, especially girls, I'd say more than guys. Like, I know people who have that whole kind of, like, you'll put a song on and they'll be like, oh, turn this off. Like, this is the worst <laughs> thing ever. This reminds me of my ex-boyfriend. And you just yeah. be like... Like, can it not be like, like, I don't know how to describe it, like happy, sad, you know, this kind yeah. of like. And it reminds you of the, even though the situation's a sad situation or a bad situation, obviously yeah. when that song, that song must have invoked some decent feelings in you at some point. Yeah, like it should have had happy feelings at some point, like it mm -hmm. can kind of be bittersweet, you know, like. Yeah. And nonetheless, like for me, like nostalgia is a really big feeling, like especially with like music and smells, like I really attach a lot of things like to nostalgia. So it's right. kind of, so for me, even if it's sad, you know, I can kind of listen to it and I can kind of feel that sadness for a bit without like, without going like, oh God, like, <laughs> you know, I can kind of listen to it and be like, oh, well, those were good times and I'm sad yeah. about it, but that was good. And then that's that, you know, and you don't have to wallow in it. But likewise, sometimes when I am sad, it is kind of nice to wallow in it in a little bit and just be like, I am feeling these feelings. And sometimes the, the music can help you kind of like process it a little bit. Does that make sense? Like if I was to go and like, if I was really sad and I was going to go stick like, I don't know, Skrillex on, I would probably just lay there going like, I can't fucking think like this is, and you know, feel really bugged. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd feel really bugged out. Yeah. Whereas if you have some kind of like mellow or sad music on, you can mm. kind of like gives you space to think about it a little bit. And I hear, you. I hear. You. That's interesting. That's interesting. I'm not saying yeah. that's that's everyone's cup of tea, but no, of course, no. But I think it's it's definitely a. Uh, a way of viewing things that maybe I haven't thought about it before in the sense that, you know, um, in order to process an event or an emotion, sometimes you have to create the circumstances that kind of make you experience it in order yeah. for you to get through it. So I, 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 get, yeah. I get, I get, I definitely, I think you definitely articulated it pretty well. Um, all right. I think, I think there's a point though, like, you can do it for too long though, you know, <laughs> like Agreed. I've definitely had confusing, difficult breakups. And once you're kind of hitting that point, like a month in and you're still like trying to get your <laughs> head around things and you're still yeah. like sad and listening to sad music, you're at that point. You're like, if I've thought about it for this long and I can't come to a conclusion, Maybe now's the point. I just listen to happy music and go try and distract myself. Yeah, let's just lift up the rug and sweep the dirt underneath there and yeah. <laughs> bury it for a couple of years until it till it comes out in my next relationship. Yeah. And then and then yeah. And then that then then you can process it again, you know. Maybe yeah. it's a bit easier next time. <laughs> Sorry.
tell me your biggest success and your biggest failure. My biggest success and my biggest failure. Hmm. Oh, there's a very good. It's a very good question. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what my biggest. I'll start. I'll try and just start with success. That's a. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to measure this really. Like, honestly, like I'm probably like one of these people that measures it day by day. So sometimes it's just mm -hmm. a miracle, you know, that I get out of bed before midday when I don't have anything to do. Um, I don't know, like biggest success. There's just so many ways to measure it. And, you know, like I was, I was pretty happy with myself when I got into circus school because at the time I really didn't think that was something I'd be able to do, right. you know? And, but then obviously since then, there's always been like mile markers of things, you know, like, ah, oh, I'll never be able to do this trick or this something. And then, mm -hmm. you know, and then eventually I do it. And that's, mm -hmm. I feel like I've been through a lot of them though. So it's hard to say what the, what the one was. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think, I think that making the, per like, it's not necessarily about the action. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's about the jump that this thing made you make at that time. So, all right, you've been able to do this trick at whatever age you are now, and you worked it hard and you've done it, yeah. but you were, all, you were already a pretty established and talented in your field at that time, but maybe getting into, I don't know, circus school, for example, or some other thing was a huge jump. It made a huge difference in your view of yourself at the time. Maybe. Well, I, I, I guess so. Like I could probably trace a lot of this back to like learning to juggle or learning to do like, I mean, like I said, it's, it, it probably it's like maybe I can't attribute it to one single thing like mm -hmm. to me that seems impossible but yeah. maybe like towards a, a course of things like yeah. like I was always kind of of an attitude of like go learning things when I was younger you know but I guess mm -hmm. I still had that attitude of like oh there are things I can do and there are things I can't do and probably the biggest success of my life is breaking that attitude you know that like because that's what drove me to do circus and to do things and other you know like i guess i'd always believed i was good at art because i'd always been good at art you know yeah and people who are good at stuff always think they're good at stuff and then <laughs> things they're not good at they always think they're bad at it yeah. but i think learning circus for me was probably a bigger thing than just learning some fun tricks it mm -hmm. was a lot of that breaking the the habit and the attitude and being like this thing was impossible. Like I would never have imagined myself doing like, I don't know, like a triple backflip, but there I was like, I don't know, I don't know when it was I first did one, probably like age 22 doing yeah. a triple backflip and being like, 
literally could never have imagined myself doing that. And it's, I think probably there, yeah, the biggest success is probably breaking that attitude of that. I can't do things, you know, mm-hmm. but that, that I think circus was probably one of the, um, the big parts in that. Mm-hmm. I- this is kind of goes off topic a little bit maybe one of my other biggest biggest successes is uh i don't know kind of i wouldn't say getting rid of is the wrong term accepting and uh kind of i don't know accepting and like kind of clearing my ocd in a sense I had a lot of trouble as a teenager because of that and I got bullied a lot of it uh, like because of it and I would have a lot of like when I was a teenager I had a lot of those I don't know I don't know when it came on or what set it on right but I had a lot of those kind of you know those like really typical things like I I I couldn't believe it wasn't like I had to turn a light switch off like a certain number of times right but I it was like a disbelief in myself you know, like okay. I almost didn't believe that I would ever lock the door properly or and okay. thus I would believe that everything would be burgled and I would be the reason that my family would be poor. You know, like the spiraling. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I would not, I would always go back and have to turn the light switch on and off a bunch of times because I didn't believe I'd done it properly the first time. And right like and because i thought i hadn't done it properly i was like oh and it will definitely cause an electrical fault which will burn the house down and kill everyone i love yes so like how did you you don't really i don't know really (laughs) i think kind of (laughs) it it took a long time it took a long time it was a bit of a a fuckem situation (laughs) like that makes sense like it had a lot of like i didn't go to counseling for it i don't know i guess like i was a nervous teenager and i didn't really want to but i think by the time i got to being an adult i'd kind of got used to it in a sense and i kind of had to get to this point where i was like this can't rule my life it's taken like Mm -hmm. it's made me like unhappy for years not all the time like unhappy but Mm. it made me unhappy and it was just kind of like you know it's not true and you know you just can't do it It is that kind of impulse that lays over the top almost a bit like the thing we were talking about with the ego it's kind of like that it's that thing over the top but it's just so strong and so unbearable that you kind of have to do things and yeah i don't know i guess there was a lot of just trying to work on it it kind of became worse to the point where it was almost like laughable to the point where i could almost be like yeah this is so ridiculous (laughs) like and i try and find small ways of kind of settling it and making it more comfortable you know without without actually like giving into it as such 
Yeah. It was a, it was a long So time. when you say small ways, what do you mean? Do you mean just literally just telling yourself, stop being, stop being so extra? Like, yeah. you'll be fine. Even if someone does steal your bag, you're, like, you're still going to be able to walk home. Or yeah, like, yeah, like in a sense. Sort of, those kind of self-talk kind of conversations. Yeah, like, I mean, there's a lot of that going on, like, constantly. And then the fact that I would often be around friends and they would kind of reassure me. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be off. I mean, I'd be partying. I'd be having a good time, you know, too. Yeah. And then yeah. I'd kind of say, like, okay, like, I don't know. It would just be with certain things, you know, like I, I can't think of all the examples now. It's been quite a yeah. lot of years, but things I wouldn't be okay with, things I couldn't do, things with like clothing and comfort. I still fidget a lot. I've still got some of the like remnants of these things. That's you know? literally what I was going to ask. I was going to ask you, are there any kind of things that you like, you seem pretty, you seem pretty, what's the word? Self-aware. You seem pretty, so you seem like a very pretty self-aware person. So are there things that you can like objectively look at and say, that's remnant so you're a bit of a as you said you're a fidgety person anything else like that yeah like I'm still fidgety like I still struggle with the comfort of my clothing which is like a thing I think kind of from the OCD like sometimes I struggle with like layers of clothing if that makes sense like it's like a really weird thing that I haven't spoken to anyone that really experiences but like I won't enjoy like like I don't like it when my jumper is shorter than my jacket because I feel the edge of my jumper inside of my jacket. If that makes sense. Okay. Like I get what you mean. Like I don't like it when my like if my boxer shorts are too short and they ride down like under my trousers. Like I tend to like them up higher. Like okay. you know. Like on, in line with in line with your. Yeah, it's thing. not so much to do with the line. It's more to do with the feeling. Like it's more of a like a feeling thing. Like I still sometimes have these things. Yeah, and like if you saw I'm, a picture of someone with their, I don't know, their boxes and not in line, that wouldn't bother you. Nah, but that's fine. You, that's fine. But like, if you feel it on yourself, you would have to adjust it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that kind okay. of thing. Um, I mean, I'm I generally still have all those like kind of like miniature OCD habits, you know, like just threw a pen across the room uh like i'll pick up a like a book you know and i can't just do i would never do that no way like like, i'd probably just do that you know like yeah but that to me isn't like a problem like when i was in school i would do that and i would be like this and then someone would come along and do that and i would freak out you know like and i'd be like what about if you you walk past that table and uh book wasn't in that corner there it was just in the middle someone else would put it there would you have to move it no i wouldn't have to like that's what i'm saying like i have the i have the habits but not the compulsion does that make sense i get what you mean i get that. yeah like i I don't have the nagging feeling in my brain anymore but i have the habits which like i think there's probably two that are left over which i would actually say are good things one of them is like a neatness thing like like, I, I don't have a problem with things not being neat, necessarily. Like, maybe in my room a bit more, because I like yeah. to kind of... But it's less of a, like, oh, God, I have to do that. And more of a just, like, if I'm stood next to it, I'll just do it anyway while I'm talking. You know, like, as a fidgety thing. Yeah, or, like, yeah. if, if I put things down, I don't put it down anywhere. Otherwise, like, you, you can't see it because it's here. But, yeah. like, my phone is, like on the edge of the the ledge there and it's kind of yeah. like 
it's not like a, I spend time doing it. It's just so natural to just make things like line yeah. up. Did you live with your missus? Uh, yeah, I mean, she's kind of like, like she's here since lockdown. Yeah, she's there. Okay. So, yeah, so. And is she, is she the same? Is she, is she like that? Nah. <laughs> and is there any, is there, is there any conflict in that regard? Mm. Are you somebody that would be like, all right, but why would you, why would you put it there? Why would you just put it there where it's nice? Maybe sometimes, like, I, I wouldn't say there's ever like a big conflict. Yeah. Like, it's not like big arguments. I might sometimes want the room tidier than she does, yeah. but she's not. She's not like an untidy person. She's just not OCD, and like that's what I mean. I don't have the same compulsion now. Yeah. Like I'll do it more with my stuff, but like mm -hmm. if there's something of hers that is annoying me, like oh I don't want this out on the side because I want to keep it like clean. Yeah. That's usually as far as it will go. You know, she'll be like, no, okay. Like, if it's something that no, bothers me... I'm a crazy person. See, <laughs> my missus is... I say my missus has got OCD. She says she doesn't. But I'm... And I'm very kind of... What's the word? My mum used to call it slapdash. That's yeah. <laughs> like, just like what you just did there with that book. If I was on my way out of the house, that's exactly what I would do. Well, I've got this book in my hand. I'm going to the shop. I'll chuck it there. Yeah. I'll sort it out when I get back later. Like, that's <laughs> just how I... That's how I... Yeah. Operate. And then what will happen is I'll come in and I'll forget it's there. And then... Yeah. I mean, I, I know people well. like that. I work around <laughs> a lot of people like that. It's kind of like, I've learned to not let the compulsion or the, the thoughts, like, control me. So, like, it doesn't no, bother me. Like, I have to accept that people are like that. And it's to the point where I can now allow myself to do that. Like, if I'm in a rush, you know, usually I would have to finish everything. I couldn't get stuff out. And yes. just leave it there. I'd have to put it away before I leave. Whereas nowadays, no. I can accept like, like, oh fuck, I'm looking for this thing. Make an absolute mess and be like, okay, go. Like that's I'll not sort a problem. It out when now. I get back. Yeah. Like, but that took that took years of learning to try and you know <laughs> you allow myself allow myself to do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like nowadays, it's mostly like little habits and things that just stick. Like I said, like I'm not bothered if things aren't lined up. Yeah. Like, in my room, I make them line up because it's my room, you know? But in the yeah. house, like, if other people have stuff or, you know, things laid out, that's, that's not my problem. It's not my stuff, you know? It's, like, one, one little habit that people used to take the piss out of me a lot for was um, I, would, I would always think I would lose stuff or, like, I couldn't trust myself not to lose things. Right. So, like, if I sat down somewhere, like, let's say at a bus stop, yeah. If I sat there for more than like a second or, you know, or if I've gone in my pockets, mm. I would always walk away and I'd always like kind of double check underneath where I've sat to make sure I didn't lose things. Yeah. And once upon a time in my life, that was like, I couldn't leave a place because I would like not double check or triple check. I would be like going over yeah. it a million times yeah, to the point one where place you can't you have to check every single place to make sure something you haven't dropped anything yeah exactly and that was frustrating and obviously point is people would take the piss out of me because they'd all get annoyed because they'd be like we need to fucking go like <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, you, yeah. Can't, you can't stand here like you can't be here lifting up every piece of furniture because you think you might have dropped a a 5p coin under us you know like <laughs> but what about this though do you think that as a thing do you think that that could that's helped you in this circus thing 
attention oh, to sure. detail. Like, like I, I'd say for sure. I mean, Decisions. for instance, with the company now, yeah. two of the things that they, they always like do kind of rate me for, which I think they forget sometimes, but they like, they do often <laughs> say it is like, I pack the van and I, um, and I always check the theater before we leave. Like, yeah. because they were like, I have, this is the joke. Cause now all the compulsion is gone. Like I will always do it when I leave somewhere, but it's yeah. like, if I, I mean, not in my room, but if I was to leave somewhere now, I wouldn't not do it, but I would just kind of go like, look, and then, you know, and then I'd be gone. You know, yeah. it's like, a, it's just, yeah, I think that's, what, that's what everybody does. I think. Everyone, I do well, that. No, I, I know so many people that don't and I know so many people that probably owe me their life in phones and wallets because of the amount <laughs> of stuff I've found for everyone else but yeah so I always check the theatres and I'll always be like oh here's this like really expensive piece of rigging that was just like under a box that we didn't realise yeah and yeah, and it comes like with the lining up of things like I tend to pack the van and do that kind of stuff because like my my girlfriend is never endingly amazed with me because she's just like like when it comes to like going away places or when we need to take loads of equipment she's like oh this is never gonna fit and then i'll be like oh no i've packed it all and there's space for more and she's like how the fuck did all of that get in there yeah, yeah and it'll yeah. be the same with like the van i'll be like i like fitting and packing and things inside and yeah. that to me is kind of like the good remnants of yeah. all of that you know like i'm very good with finding things and packing things and mm -hmm. if you and your missus right were trapped on a desert island what or what being taken to a desert island to survive for six months what five things would you pack Ah, oh, the classic question. Mm -hmm. uh, it's always like that music one, you know, the one where they say, what five albums would you listen yeah. to forever? And I'm like, don't yeah. make me do this. Yeah. <laughs> but they asked me this question, so I had to answer it. So I, I, I yeah. like it. It's a, it's a good, and I, and I, I thought I'd include, and this is, this is inanimate objects, not, maybe not inanimate objects, just no more people other than your missus. Yeah, no, no people or, okay. Yeah. Yeah, let's just say inanimate objects, that makes it easier. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm always, I feel like I'm going to be one of those ones like who's always like trying to bend or break the rules. Like, have we already <laughs> got clothes on? Are we already like, are we already presuming that there's food on the island? There's too much information required. Too much information. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all you've got, all you've got, as it stands now, when you're giving this information, okay. you've got exactly what you're wearing now. As long as you've got shoes on now, I don't know. You're in your house, so you might not have. I mean, I haven't. I'm in the house. You're fully yeah. clothed. You're fully clothed. Um, you're not wearing a hat because you're not wearing a hat now. But oh, if it was me being asked a question, I'll be a lucky son of a gun because I've got a hat on already. I mean. If you catch me like 90% of the time, I'm probably wearing a hat, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but still, at this particular moment, you have no hat, so. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, maybe I have, and it's maybe a hot I island, so you don't hat. need a jacket. Okay, it's like, so it's like desert island situation. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, 
I would. Let's start on a really practical. Oh shit! Almost <laughs> frozen. I would. I don't know. Like I guess. If it's a desert island situation, I'm not sure mm -hmm. I would go with like a phone or anything because mm -hmm. as much as it would be useful for contacting people immediately, if we're talking on the long run, mm -hmm. if you don't have any power or anything, that shit's going to be useless. Yep. So, unless, you know, you learn how to get electricity from potatoes really well. So I, I gotta say that probably the first most practical thing is Leatherman. <laughs> what is that? It's a Leatherman. That's a, like a Swiss Army knife. Like yeah, but better than a Swiss Army knife because it's the one with the oh, like the wire and the, I mean, especially in my industry of circus and like like I do a lot of rigging and a lot of building and you know right. that kind of stuff and in general oh, I don't th I don't feel like there's many places i haven't been without one of these and it hasn't Stick been in that for a minute so you say that doing the circus thing that's a lot of responsibility if you're doing rigging and stuff for trapezes and all these things are you are you involved in all that as well yeah you nutty bastard <laughs> i mean yeah there is there is a there is a sense in the well i think it comes from the kind of the the sciencey mathematical ocd brain like yeah. there's a certain element of like forces and angles and things kind of make sense to me right. and in rigging you always have to you know you have to check and check again yeah. because when it comes to someone else's life and as we've just talked about i'm quite good at checking and checking again yeah that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking geez because i'm a, and i'm not so i'm that person <laughs> that there'll be there'll be a, there'll definitely be a boat missing somewhere yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean a lot of it is yeah, I mean, when it comes to rigging in venues, like a lot of it comes down to them knowing that they have something rated and you have to like, if they have the paperwork to say you can hang from this, then you've got to build from and around that, you know. Right. So I don't, I don't deal, I like, I don't have the qualifications to deal with anything, you know, like structural in right. a sense, like, like building wise, but yeah. I know how to do all of the like, the ropes and the pulleys and the other stuff yeah. and like where to hang things and how to hang things and i i really enjoy it like i want i want to do more of it like yeah. it's there's a certain sense of like achievement and practicality that i get from it like every time i do it it's like it feels like kind of good practical labor <laughs> like when i'm doing it like i'm kind of like I know what I need to do, and I get on with it, and I do the things, and I can, I can definitely, I can definitely imagine how. Um, I don't know if feeling is the right word. Probably, maybe it might be a bit dramatic. I don't know, but yeah, that I can understand how how much you, you there would be some sort of payoff, like we were talking yeah. about before about how people always get some sort of payoff for things that yeah. they do. I feel like there will be a load of them hormones or pheromones yeah. or whatever it is. But like for me, like performing, performing has like a really weird, long, complicated payoff. Like sometimes, you know, you're not happy with the show, but then you're also happy that you made people happy. You know, like performing for me has a really complicated mixture of emotions. Well, Whereas like okay. when I'm rigging, it's just like, it's, I just feel, you know, like I'm doing and I'm happy. Like, <laughs> yeah, it just feels like. Like I'm thinking about what I need to do. I'm making a plan. I'm doing it. It feels like you know, nice 
I wouldn't say simple, but like good simple work. Like I get on with something, you know. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be shy of the idea of being, you know, like a builder or something. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And like people are always like, oh, you know, like oh, what a crap job that would be. I was like, it sounds really satisfying to just like lay out and make things, and then at the end there's a thing, and you're like, great. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it sounds it's, it's like maths. There's there's a you, you get to the answer, there's a right answer. That's what it is. There's no yeah. there's no nuance, there's no kind of I don't know, whatever yeah. the, whatever other word there is, but it is just like this plus this equals that and that's what it is. And this that's what tied it is. to that. And now I do it and that. I'm happy that I've done it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, fair free. So that's one item. What's the other four? Oh yeah. So Leatherman because literally that yeah, that can do anything. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a situation I haven't been in where I haven't needed a leather. Hasn't been useful. Yeah. And then, hmm. <laughs> oh, it gets tricky after then. I'm probably gonna like. I don't know whether to go down the the whimsical route of things I want or the practical route, like. Aside from a Leatherman, I probably want something that was capable of joining things together, like, you know, like some reusable cable ties or some duct tape or something. <laughs> Interesting. Good, good choice. But also, maybe with the Leatherman, I can just, you know, make that out of trees. So may, maybe, maybe not that one. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably the most, like, iffy answers you've ever had. <laughs> um. Okay, I'll go with like something that I would want, something that would make me happy. Like, let's say some juggling clubs, like or some juggling balls, one a, a set of juggling equipment, something like yeah, that. That's fair. Um, that's yeah, because that way, that way, I can keep myself kind of entertained and yeah, and happy and. Mm -hmm. Past the time if everything else is shit. Um, We've got to keep our mental health in check, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to say something to do with music. Like, because... Like, I, I, I can't live without music. Like, I feel like music is a... Is a drive for everything, you know? Like, mm -hmm. music helps the emotions. Music helps this. If we ignore the fact that any any technology would die or not have signal, maybe like an iPod or a phone or something, just so that That's I would it. have. I'm sure they've got them iPod things with speakers attached to it, man. So yeah, I'm sure they. I'm sure they exist, and if they don't, we're gonna make one solar powered yeah. and everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a we'll have a solar powered like iPod, something like that. That sounds that sounds perfect. <laughs> Um, that Too way, nice. that way, I can always have some music on. Yeah. Uh, in the background. Um, while you while you cut, tie, and stab things and juggle, you're listening yeah. to. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I gotta listen to to some music. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I feel like I've probably covered my the main things I'd need. Yeah. Now you got know. two luxury items then. Two luxury items. Remember, you got your missus here as well, mate. So let's think about something for her as well. Oh, does she not get her own five things? No. 
Oh, well, fuck. <laughs> so now she, there's two items that you've got to go. Oh, Obviously, she, she's going to benefit from your items. She, she's into music and juggling too, so... There we go. She's maybe not the most practical in terms of using the... The, the Leatherman. The Leatherman. Um, but she'd be happy with some juggling balls and some, uh, some music. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like... I want to say something to do with, like, cooking and food, because... Like we we didn't quite talk about it earlier, but yeah. I'm really into I'm really into like cooking and I don't know, just like food and stuff. It's a mm. desert island situation, so I don't know what the most practical thing is. Like if I take a you know a book of ingredients, is it going to be wasted when I turn up and be like, shit, there's only fish and coconuts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I could, I like, I could make, I could figure out how to make a fire with some, mm. like, you know, whittling and stuff. So yeah. maybe, maybe what I would want is like a frying pan. You know, like if I had, if I had a frying. Sorry, pan, I was hoping you. When you were just talking just now, I was thinking, I hope, I hope you after all this, you picked a frying pan. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good shot. That's a good shot. Without a frying pan, I'm not sure I'd know in the nature how to, you know, I would hate to have to take apart my solar panel music player to use it as a cooking surface. <laughs> yeah. so. to, to, fry, to fry a peacock egg or an emu egg on, yeah, a, exactly. on a piece of metal that you find in there. I'll tell you what's a good thing to look at as well on Facebook. There's a page called Rural Life. Rural Life. Some crazy stuff on there, some crazy like indigenous I don't know, Indonesia and stuff where yesterday I was watching them cook geckos, man. It's crazy. Okay. So yeah, yeah you find them cooking oh, some crazy just... amazing cooking styles and burying stuff underground and cooking whole pigs and all sorts of stuff. Really good. Okay. Really good page. So I'm a, oh, I'm a, I'm an I'm average chef as well. I'll keep that in mind for uh downtime. Uh, for when I for when I get stuck on this island. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go. make sure I watch it all now so I know yeah. all the Watch them all now, download a couple to this solar powered iPad with speakers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one more item, man. One, yeah, so yeah, so we've got the frying pan. I guess could probably figure out the rest on the island as long as I've got the pan to cook Agreed. on. Oh, I don't know. Like what would I would I or my girlfriend like utterly miss? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of torn between like, you know, like uh, like something to write in. Because I feel like if we were stuck on a desert island, I'd want to write in something. But you know, maybe I can write in my solar powered iPad. Let's uh, <laughs> let's push it. Let's go. Let's push it. Like. I'd be torn between that or like an instrument to play on. Like, because mm-hmm. she, she likes playing keyboard. I have a couple of things, but maybe, maybe I would appreciate, yeah, if I'm not allowed to write on my iPad, then I'd probably want like something to write down or do a diary or something like that. And she likes kind of writing and doing diary things as well. So I totally respect your final choice. Yeah. yeah, I'll even give you that you, you get a, you get a book and a pen that counts as one item. Yeah, am I allowed the book <laughs> and the pen? Like, 
I, I reckon I could maybe make a, a some kind of rudimentary pencil out of like some bark or something underground. Probably, probably. Or out of charcoal that you made out of fire, maybe. But if the pen comes with it, then perfect. Yeah. Actually, no. Oh, I don't know. Pen or pencil, they'd both run out eventually. What? Oh. Yeah, no. You could, we'll give you a pack. It's all one. It's all one. It's all, it's all sealed in one thing. Like we'll a, like um. A, like a, a first day at school stationery kit. That's it. That's what we're talking about. And a massive, <laughs> a massive big book with enough with papers, pages that you can take out, can share. When you've had yeah. an argument, you can go to different sides of the island and write horrible things about each other. Each other, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I reckon something like that because I think I'd want to keep like track of it. Or, you know, I mean, if if we died there, I'd want someone to know what happened in our time on the island. I'd want them yeah. to know what juggling tricks we achieved in our time. <laughs> like You're an artist as well. You could, you could draw actual pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd want them to, and I'd want them to know what wonderful recipes we came up with of the island yeah. life, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, Coconut oh, we geckos. found two dead bodies, but they they did some interesting things in their last uh, in their last <laughs> couple of years of life on this island. <laughs> Anything? So you're gonna definitely what you need, what you, what I will need you to do though is definitely send me kind of I don't know website information, um, socials for companies and. I don't know the church thing that you're at and the company that you work for, yeah, and I'll include all that in the description. Um, so yeah, um, really appreciate it. Um, it's been a great conversation. I had a feeling it would be exactly what it was, which is just us kind of um, <laughs> sparring and just kind of understanding each other. Um, yeah. I feel like I've got a great understanding of you. I feel like I've got a, a much deeper understanding of the circus world. And likewise, and I mean, I'd love to ask you loads more questions because I feel like obviously you're interviewing me and I feel like I want to like, know lots more from your side as well. But What you could do, definitely go into the archive and have a look at some of these other episodes and we're definitely going to do a part two um, because this was a great conversation for me. And like you said, yeah. um, I feel like we could go on for hours, but I feel like I have to... As I said, I've got this new baby next door. Well, you got a, you got a baby is, and a partner. You left got the missus with the baby do. for way too long already. So yeah, yeah. and my my missus wants to go out for a for a walk and get some fresh air. So yeah, let's do that. Um, I, so, I like a good nighttime walk around the city. No, I bet I bet Norwich is a lovely place, man. I'm yeah. due for another visit, man. Maybe next time I'm down, I'll give you a shout and we'll go for a drink. Yeah, do it. It'll be good. Once, well, when we're allowed to drink again. When we're allowed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Matt. Right. It's been a pleasure. It's been great chatting. It's, yeah. it's nice to open up and have a good, like, deep conversation. It's been a, it's been a little it's while fun. for deep conversations, you know, when you're around the same couple of people day in, day out. Nice one, man. Really appreciate it. Glad you enjoyed it. Um, thank you for providing too much information. And um, I'm looking forward to part two already. Yeah, no worries. Me too. Thanks very Good much. Night, man. Take care, buddy. Right. You're welcome, man. Take care. I hope you have a, have a lovely evening and um, take too, care man. of yourself until next time. Thank you, bro. Big up, man. Take care. Peace, man. Bye. Right, nice one. Bye-bye.